praise God. Good morning. This morning, I would like to speak about the fig tree because of being blessed by God. There is a phrase that says, "Whatever happens around us, it's not important at all. But whatever happens within us, that is what important." Praise God. So what happens around us just not important at all. But whatever happens within us, that's what's important. Now there are two people, um, two males in the Old Testament that we're going to learn from. That we can learn fr from their um, actions. So then we can see the keys of victories from those people who have been blessed by God. The key of victory is not from their wisdom. Their knowledge, not their strength, not their wealth, not their um, power, but because being blessed by God. Who are they? Is there any of you who knows who they might be? Abraham and Lot. This morning, I would like to bring you to learn from what what are the keys. That they have, so then we can experience the victory in our lives, because we are being blessed by God. People being blessed by God is so amazing. Let us take a look at the book of Romans, verse 24. Romans chapter 4, verse 18 to 22. For he who beyond hope believed on hope from him to become the father of many nations, according to what which ha, um according to that which has spoken, so you your seed shall be. And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead, being about a hundred years old, or the deadening of Sarah's womb. And he did not stagger at the promises of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. And being fully persuaded that what God had promised, he was also able to perform. And therefore, it was imputed to him for righteousness. So the first point, people who who has victory, who are being blessed by God, is that they have the key of people being righteous, um, being made righteous. Who in here says that I am the righteous man? We are the people who have been made righteous by God. And in these verses. It is said that Abraham was made righteous because he believes that God is able to fulfill His promises. Which promises is that? The promises that can make him the father of all nations. Even though the fact is he is very weak, he is already hundred years old, 
and the Bible also says that Sarah's womb is deadening. So this is what the amazing part is. The key of the people who have been made righteous and being blessed by God is the fact that they're being made righteous by God. Why are they being made righteous by God? It's not because of our goodness, but because we believe of what God has promised to us in our lives. Even though sometimes those promises that God has given to us, compared to all the facts that is around, is complete contradiction. So you can imagine Abraham, who is 100 years old, has been given promise that he will be the father of all nations. If he's still, you know, probably 20 years old or 30 years old, it, people might think, oh, yeah, it might be possible. But this man is already 100 years old. Probably he's got like rheumatic and everything, and he's probably got gold hair in in his hair and whatnot. But a person that is 100 years old, he received a promise from God to become the father of all nations. That, but he still believes in that. And this is the key of pe the people who have been made righteous by God. This is the kind of key that for the people who will be blessed by God, who, who is brave enough to believe and have faith in God's promises, even though the fact is so contradicting. It's not the fact that he is 100 years old, but it is said that Sarah's womb is deadening. So it, what it means is Sarah has already gone through menopause, so he, she can't um, she can't make any um, babies at all. And sometimes the fact that we face in our lives can be contradicting to God's promises. But that is where it lies for us, whether we are brave enough to believe to God's promises, even though the fact is a complete opposite. The key of righteous man is the fact that he's, he's brave enough to believe on God's promises and on God's power that will fulfill his promises according to his word. That's why in Romans Chapter four says, even though there is no, no no basis of being hopeful, but Abraham still hopeful. I'm so glad, you know, when I see and when I receive God's promises, that I can see the fact that it is so impossible. When we see them, when being not impossible at all, then we probably say, ah, we have a part in it, right? But if we believe for sure that it is impossible, then this is the time for God to show Himself. This is the time where God will prove His power. When we humans say it is impossible, but as for God, it is, it is not impossible. So the key is to be brave to believe in God's promises even though the fact that we have at the moment is complete contradiction. These days, what sort of facts do you have that is contradicting to God's promises? Probably you know that God's promise is to heal your illnesses, but probably as a matter of fact today, your illness is still not healed yet, but I want to tell you something. God's promises is way above the facts. Amen? God's promises will overcome the facts. The facts can be contradicting, but God's promises is yes and true. And He has the power to prove that. 
He has the power to fulfill all His promises in our life. Sometimes the things that make us not to experience God's promises is not because the promise is not there. It's not because God cannot fulfill His promises, but because we ourselves is um, does not have the faith. That's why today we will, I really wish that we can all learn from Abraham, even though he may seem so um, impossible, but he is still hopeful. So today, whatever problem that you think it is impossible, let us bring those impossible problems to God. Whatever you think it is impossible, I want to make. Sh- um, I want to give you assurance that nothing is impossible for God. Whatever that you think it probably impossible, but for God it is possible. We have learned it from Abraham. Let us take a look at um, a lesson from Lot. Second Peter chapter two. Verse 7 and 8. And he delivered righteous Lot. Take a look at this. Oppressed with the lustful behavior of the lawless. And he delivered um, of the lawless, sorry. For the righteous one living among them, in seeing and hearing, his righteous soul was tormented from day to day with their unlawful deeds. I want to take a part of um, the story from Lot. This passage says that when Lot was living in the land of Sodom and he can see all those um, unlawful things and God can see all the sinful things that Sodom people have done. Some, probably some people say Lot is, uh, is the same as the people as um as the people in Sodom. So when we take a look at these two people, when it's like Abraham and Lot is being said that they were righteous men to live in the grace of God, so and they live before, like, you know, 400 years before the holy book is, is given to the Israelites. But there's a big difference in it. If we take a look at it, the history of Abraham, the two righteous men who lived in the same era, and also Abraham and Lot is still related, family related. But there is a big difference. Abraham is being so blessed by God, amazingly, but Lot has lost his blessings abundantly. And it is said in Genesis um, 24, verse 1, it says that, And Abraham was old, going on, a- going on in age, and Jehovah had blessed Abraham in all things. But do you know what happens with Lot? Lot has lost everything. You know the story? When Sodom was being um, punished by God, Lot was being pressured to get out of Sodom and not to bring anything. He can't bring his own wealth and everything, but only the clothes that he's wearing. And he also lost the most important thing from his life, that is his wife. He lost his wife to be the um, pole of salt. And this 
these two are the righteous men, and they live in the same era, and they both are being loved by God. But Abraham was so blessed in all things, but Lot has lost everything. If you are hypothetically、uh, Lot, then you'll feel um you feel sad. You you feel so pitiful. See, they're cousins. Abraham and Lot are cousins. Lot is the son of Abraham's brother, so it's pretty much like um a nephew. And one has been so blessed ama、um, amazingly, but the other one doesn't have anything at the end of the day, and he lost also his wife. And they both are righteous men, and we all know the story about Lot and Abraham, and we'll take a look at that. So, as the people who are being made righteous by God, I want to tell you something. As the righteous men, we have the right to request for the fulfillment of everything.、Uh, let us take a look at First、uh, Acts, chapter three. If I'm Lord.、Um, I will be so pitiful. They both left Urkas team, and they both have their journeys, and they both have been so blessed by God until they have a lot of um cattles and everything. But at the end of the day, Lot has lost lost everything, and Abraham's got everything. It feels so pitiful, isn't it? It feels so hurtful, and it's so hard. Abraham cannot say anything, but his heart will be so、um, sad. And Acts chapter three, verse twenty and twenty-first. And they, and that he may send Jesus Christ, who was preached to you before, whom heaven must receive until times of restoration of all things, which God has spoken by the mouth of all His holy prophets since the world began. You, so you probably have felt a lot of a lot of problems from the devil in your life, but I've got a good news for you. As people of right,、um, who are made righteous by God, there is still a restoration time. For people who believes in Jesus Christ, who has Jesus Christ in our hearts, we have the time of restoration. When is that? It is right now, because it is said in Acts chapter three. It says that Jesus will always be up in heaven until there is a time of restoration. See, there is a restoration of all things. Until the times of restoration of all things, so Jesus Christ has to live in heaven until there is a time of restoration of all things. So, in other words, before the second coming of Jesus Christ, then there is a time of restoration for the righteous men. 
there is a time of re restoration for the believers. So probably there are blessings that the devil has stolen from you. Probably your health that has been stolen by um, by the devil until you are sick. Probably there is at the moment there is a financial um, instability that the devil has taken away from you. You probably have a little bit more and then all of a sudden you have big expenses. So there is never more than enough. But I want to tell you something. This is a time of restoration. This is a time of restoration. So that we can stand firm on the belief of the Word of God. So then we know that we are the righteous men who can request for the times of restoration. That's why if there is a happiness that is in your um, marriage life that has been stolen by God, uh, by the devil, then ask God for, for it to be restored. What is it that you feel that is lacking in this life? Probably in the past you have things but you don't have it anymore now. Just request for that fulfillment of the restoration. This is the time. Not tomorrow, but right now because Jesus Christ he will never come for the second time until the time of restoration of all things happens so this is the time of restoration take that opportunity probably you're saying oh there are some opportunities that you have, may have lost there are some chances that you have passed in your life but ask for that restoration time I believe by faith, we will receive it. Abraham, who doesn't have any basis to be hopeful, but he's still hopeful. Whatever he does, he just believes. He has faith that God is powerful to fulfill his promises and to do his promises. The promise of restoration is not, it's not less important than, his, um, than the fulfillment of his promises. Every single promises in the Bible is so important. There's nothing that is more important than the other. No, no, no. There is the every single promises in the Bible they have the same level of value. And that's why when Abraham believes in the promises that God has given to him, so then he can be the father of all nations, then I believe. Then the same promises there will be a restoration in our lives. Probably the chance of getting a PR in your life is gone past, but ask for that restoration. Probably the opportunity of a uh, job opportunity you've um, you've missed, just ask for that. Probably the chance of getting married um, is already gone past, but ask for that restoration. There is nothing that is ever too late. So for those who are singles, who are, who are singles and pretty um, on the higher age, <laughs> all, this, all the single ladies or males, don't be scared. There is a time and there is a promises of restoration and there is that chance. Don't be, don't be confused and worry, because in God as the righteous man we have that chance. There is a time of restoration. 
So what does it mean of、um, time of pleasure? So then you can say, Ah, I'm so free. For those who haven't found their、um, life partner, so、um, yeah, you can say, Ah,、oh, I have found it. And that is a time of pleasure. And those people who haven't got a job, then they will be able to say, "Oh, wow! Thank you, God." So, as righteous men, as the people who are being blessed by God, we have the right to every single promise that promises that God has in His book. And today, if we believe, then we will we shall receive them too. And this is the promises of God, and our rights as righteous men, the promises that God has given to us. Praise God! I'm so glad that we can understand God's word. That is in Jesus, there is always victory. There is nothing that says, "Wow, it's too late." No, there's none of that because there is restoration time. There's a time of pleasures. That's why. What happened is it when God does the restoration. Let us take a look at Job chapter forty-two, verse ten. And Jehovah turned the ca- captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends. Also, Jehovah added to Job all that had been his to double. Whatever that is stolen by the devil in your life, when you ask for that restoration from God, God will give it to you in doubles. Whatever you've lost, don't forget. Don't think about that. Sometimes, as Christians, we tend to think about the past that we have lost, the past that we can't change. You always think about the past. Ah,、oh, if only if, if only if. You always think about the past. And I want to tell you something. The restoration that God will do in your life is far greater than whatever we have experienced. It's going to be far more amazing than what we have previously. If in the past, in the Old Testament, it, we have been given the、um, example of Job, he has been restored doubles. Imagine if today, in the New Testament, it is said that the restoration or that is done by the blood of Jesus. Imagine how many multiple folds that you're gonna receive. Even in the past, when Jesus hasn't died yet, Job was restored double. Imagine for us right now, after in the New Testament, after Jesus died for us, you can imagine how many multiple folds we receive, hundreds, hundreds of them. Amen. We are not gonna only receive doubles, but we'll receive more more than that. With Job, probably he has received yes the blood of the sheep, but in the New Testament we have received. The blood of Jesus Christ. It is the blood is so precious, eternal blood. That's why I believe that that restoration will happen in our life in hundred folds. Hallelujah. That's why let us all take a look at this first key. 
the righteous men who are blessed by God, they have the key of being made righteous. The word being justification, justified, or to be justified, it is such an amazing thing. It is just amazing. What's the picture of it? One day, I still remember in the past, about two or three years ago, or probably even four years ago, at that time, after we have a Christmas celebration here, and then the next day I had to return all the sound system equipment at Rydalmere. And after we have worked so hard, the next the, the next day I woke up late. I was still sleepy, and I was driving to return the sound system equipment to Rydalmere. I don't know how. There was a traffic light, you know, at the traffic light, you're not supposed to make a U-E, a U-turn. And then I made a mistake. Even in traffic light, I chuck a U-E, and then all of a sudden, wing, 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 there's a police chasing up. Uh, chasing me, and then I was stopped, pulled over, and then, and then he asked, he, uh, I went down the window, and I think at that time I was with um, Arif, I'm not sure, I can't remember, but I was with one of my child, um, one of my children, and at that time my friend said, uh, my child said, Pa, just, just, um, you know, just pretend that you can't speak English. And then I can't remember who said it to me, but it was advising to say, ah, oh, ah, oh, ah, oh, like that. Just pretend that you can't speak English at all. And then in my head, I don't want to pretend. So I went down the window, and then the police came over, and then he asked me. He, he didn't ask, where's your license or anything. He said, do you believe that there is uh, Santa Claus? And I said, yeah, there is Santa Claus. Do you believe that today, if you meet, um, if you have, uh, if you met uh, Santa Claus, and I said, yeah, I believe. And then he goes, do you know that you're not, uh, if you chuck a UE, it's not, um, pro it's prohibited. And I said, yeah, I know, but because I was still a bit, um, a bit sleepy. I'm sorry, I said. And then he goes, all right, today I'm gonna let you go. And I'm not going to charge you because today I am a Santa Claus for you. <laughs> so you, you get what I mean, right? I was supposed to be charged, right? I was supposed to get a fine and I was supposed to pay for it. But because there is that justification from that police to me, I'm being let go. So, likewise, with what God has done in our life to justify us, we're supposed to be the sinners. We're supposed to die, and we're supposed to be punished. But because of that justification from God, we are the one who um, who are wrong. We have been made righteous by God, and we've been made justified. And God can see us as holy people. People who are sinners has been seen as a holy person, and that's what justification means. Why is it that as Christians we can't claim uh, we are afraid of claiming 
God's promises is because we always look at our our weaknesses and our, what we lack of and our unrighteousness. And I want to tell you something. God is far greater concerned to our understanding of our righteousness rather than um, understanding of our mistakes. God is more concerned for us to think about the righteousness that God has made in our life rather than we continue to think of what our weaknesses are. Your weaknesses will never be fulfilled within one or two years, right? Your weaknesses will never end within an, a night. How many people who always wants to m improve their character, they always rise and fall all the time? There are so many people who does that. And uh, every time I see a lot of young men, they said, Oh, I know that computer game is not good for my life. It steals my time, but I can't let go of it. I know that gambling is not good, but I can't let go of that. But I want to tell you something. You can be freed from it because we have been made righteous by God. We are not the people who are being bonded, but we have been justified by God. We have been made righteous and we have been given the strength and ability to become the justified people. That's why let us all look forward from today onward of what God has done in our lives the justification that God has done in our lives. Don't let the cross of Jesus 2,000 years ago become waste when we continue to look at our weaknesses. Let us all take a look at that justification that God has given to us. Let us believe and have faith in every single fulfillment of God's promises. L Today, don't ever say that there is anything that's impossible. Let, um, throw away that word impossible far, far away. Because our God who we worship is a God of who is possible. A God who doesn't have the word impossible in the dictionary. Why is it that we have to adopt the word impossible? No, there's no need for that. And I don't want to have my life to have that word impossible in my life. I believe that whatever it is that we do, because we believe in God's promises, it will become true. It will happen. The people who have been justified by God are the blessed ones. And the second key, what's the second key for those people who are being blessed by God? It is people who are humble. So the first key is to be justified by God. And the second thing is to be humble. Let us take a look at Abraham and Lot. They both are rich. They have lots of um, cattle and everything. But one day when their, um, when their shepherds had a conflict, they... They were trying to split the land because the land is limited and there are so many hurdles and uh, so many herds. And Abraham came about and has the initiative of making peace between them. Let us take a look at Genesis chapter 13, verse 8 to 11.
Genesis chapter 13 verse 8 to 11 so Abraham said to Lot at, at that time his name was Abraham please let there be no strife between you and me and between my herdsmen and your herdsmen for we are brethren is not the whole land be, um, before you please separate from me if you take the left then I will go to the right or if you go to the right then I will go to the left and Lord lifted his eyes and saw all the plain of Jordan that it was well watered everywhere before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah like the garden of the Lord like the land of Egypt as you go towards Zor then Uh, then Lot chose for himself all the plains of Jordan, and the Lot and Lot journeyed east, and they separated from each other. Let us take a look at the condition and situation between Abraham and Lot. If you're Abraham or Lot, what are you gonna do? Your herdsmen were in conflicts, and they were um, they wanted to grab a land. But Abraham is an amazing person. He is very humble and he is very generous. And Lot said, here you go, just take a pick. You can go whichever. Where, whichever you go, I won't go there. If you go to the left, then I'm going to go to the right. If you go to the right, then I'll go to the left. So then we don't um, be in conflict. And you know what Lot did? When he looked at the um, Jordan land, he said, "Oh, he can see that um, the plain of Jordan is very watered, um, and it's just like the garden of the Lord." Is it amazing? When you are asked to choose, you probably do the same thing as what Lot did, right? The character of human is always to pick something that is good for themselves rather than to others. It is very unusual or very rare for people to pick the best for other people, right? Because they tend to pick the best for themselves. So what Lot did is pretty normal. But Abraham, uh, but Abraham, he was far from normal. He was humble. The life of Christians or the life of believers who have been made righteous, there is that key, the key of being humble and generous. So the, to live humble and generous is far greater than normal. If you're saving, it is normal. Everything that you calculate, it is normal, right? Oh, you just keep count of the cash. It is normal, but people who have been made righteous, their life is not just righteous, but it's uh, their life is not just normal, but it's above normal. They are humble and they're generous. Not just normal, but they wanted to give the best for other people. Amen. So these sort of people who have this key person. They have. They are the people who have the heart and to live rich. 
these people will never live in poverty, because I believe that these sort of people, they have the heart and the mind of God. They'll never stop in the level of ordinary. See, people. Sometimes people, when they live in the ordinary level, they think it's pretty good enough. But this man is generous. So, Lot actually chose the plain of Jordan, and then at that time, there there is Sodom and Gomorrah, and then he started to. Um, camp in nearby, near Sodom, and then he started to enter in Sodom and live in there. Now Sodom and Gomorrah represents the sinful living lifestyle. What is it that Lot has to pay when he lives in Sodom? The first thing, when there's a king, went to Omer. The king of Alam, he he wants to、um, fight, and this king was able to um, defeat um, the king of Sodom, and also, including Lot, was、um, captive, was held captive, and then、um, Abraham heard that his、um, his nephew has been、um, has been captive. And everything that、uh, the king has taken, Abraham, Abraham took them all back and gave them to the king of Sodom. And that time when the king of Sodom has、um, offered the wealth to Abraham, Abraham refused. He did not want to receive anything, and Abraham said, "No, if I received it, then all your wealth, you are gonna say that you're the one who's gonna make me rich." Abraham said no. Or even your shoes, I will not take from you. I'm gonna give everything to Sodom. Even at that time, Melchizedek came by, the high priest, and said, "Blessed you, Abraham." And Abraham gave ten percent tithe to、uh, Melchizedek. See, Abraham is a person who have such big heart, who have big mind, and have great bravery and big、uh, generosity. And what happened to Lot? When Lot, after Lot being freed by Abraham, he still returned to Sodom. He still lived in Sodom. There are so many Christians、uh, living the way Lot did. First thing, he,、um, they're egoistic. You know, even if they're egoistic, people can say, "Oh, it's normal." I'm pretty sure there is that small part of egoism in our lives, in normal human life. When you want, when you want, you know, when you're eating chicken, you probably eat the meat and then、um, give the bones to others, right? So you wanted to take what you wanted, right? It's it's normal if people have egoist,、um, egoistic in their lives, but Sometimes humans not just egoist as normal as、um, human, but Lot he has been captive, made captive, and he's freed, and then now he still wants to return to Sodom. How many Christians who have who wanted to repeat the same mistakes again and again, and didn't did not want to learn, you know,、um, 
what happened in the past. As a matter of fact, that can make us even wiser if we look back and learn from it. But us, we tend to be、um, held captive as as lot. Did you know that gambling is something that make us lost and wasteful and make us being poor? You still like to play with it and everything, and you always say, "Eh,、hey, who knows?" Probably, you know, if I win, if I lost this time, who knows that I'm gonna win in like in the future? Who knows? But as a result, at the end of the day, when Lot returned to Sodom, he did not win everything, but he has lost everything. If today you're probably feeling, oh, there's one simple part of your life that is so close to Sodom. Then get out of Sodom, hurry and get out of Sodom. So then you don't、um, you don't become any worse because at because when he was made captive, there was Abraham who helped him to be freed. But then as soon as he was freed, he returned to Sodom and his life has become worse. He left Sodom and from in an uh from. Everything, all his wealth and everything, and he only carried his own clothes. Let us all learn, so that we can. We're not going to become like Lot, the righteous man, but who does the stupidest or the foolish things in their lives. How many righteous men who have done foolishness in their lives, and they don't want to learn from their past? There is a phrase that said, "Sin will take you further than where you want to go. Sin will take you further away from where you actually want to go. It keeps you longer than where when you want to stay." And costs you more than what you want to pay. So there are so many people who are righteous but have lived in foolishness like Lot. So there are so many、um, losses that they that happens in their life. There are so many opportunities that the devil can steal God's blessings from their lives, and they lose everything. That's why today, let us all learn to become righteous men. Lot and Abraham, they both are righteous men, but Abraham. Is the righteous man who is humble and generous. Let us all become like Abraham. Our Father in heaven is the God who is so generous, and whatever we have is are all from Him. Our hearts that is、um, that is pounding. You know, in one hour, our heart has pumped five thousand liters in one hour. You can see it's five thousand liters of blood being pumped. Imagine if that、uh, if our heart does, you know, uses electricity. You can imagine how much electricity bill you're gonna have to pay, right? You can imagine that. See,、so、just one hour, five thousand liter. So imagine for the whole life that you have. Imagine your electricity bill that you have to pay. But God has given to us our heart that is pounding or pumping for free. And our God is such a generous God.
Let us all follow his steps, being generous. Leviticus. Let, oh, sorry, Deuteronomy 15 verse 10 says, You shall surely give to him, and your heart shall not be grieved when you give to him, because for these things Jehovah your God shall bless you in all your works and in all that you put in. The So if we want to give, let us all give with generosity. This is the um the it speaks about our attitude about the attitude. So probably some of us we have learned to give, we have tried to give, but it's not enough just to give. But our hearts, the attitude is really important. God wants us to give freely with generosity, with spontaneous, with freely. Because our action and attitude are the two things that cannot be separated from one another. Yesterday when Jessica's birthday, I spoke to Jessica and Jason about the Word of God from Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1 to 3. I shared about how uh, how God is asking, Hey children, um, obey your parents. Hey children, obey your parents and respect your parents. What is the difference? Obey and respect. What are the difference? When you obey, it doesn't necessarily mean that you respect. Obeying it speaks about action. How many kids who have been told by their parents they actually do it, but with you know with the heart that is because they have to. But if they respect them, they will never dare to do it um, heavy-heartedly. Last week I said right. Wouldn't the parents know if the kids are doing it with, you know, heavy-hearted? Obviously, they have papaya faces and everything, and their attitude is not so great, and they just do brock, 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 brock. And they actually do it, and they've done it. So they actually obey them, but not with respect, not with the attitude of being respectful to God, uh, to their parents. And so that obedience speaks about the actions and respect speaks about the motivation, speaks about the attitude. And if the kids can be very, uh, can be obedient and respectful to their parents, then the third verse, then you will live happily and, li um, and you will live long in this world. And these are the two criteria that the most kids have um, have ignored. Say you want to be happy, but you don't have a long life, then it's useless. If you want to be wealthy, but you live, um, but you die young, you're smart and you're successful, but you die young. See, so kids, these two things cannot be separated from one another. Obeying, obedience, and respect. So when you obey them, then that um, blessings of ble uh, that blessing is in your hands. But when you respect your parents, there's gonna be a lot of 
um, that's going to be blessings in your um, in your heart. So this is really important. So many kids do not understand this principle. So they probably think that obeying and respecting is the same. No, no, no. They're all different, but they cannot be done one in isolation with the other. We cannot be. We can be happy to receive everything that we needed when we study. We can. Um, we can. Uh, Successfully completed, and we've been when we work, we've been made successful. When we minister, we're being blessed by God, and it can make our hearts happy. And when we get married, we have a successful marriage life. Everything that we do and made us happy, it is it is joyful. But does that you know? Imagine if you have received all that, but you live so young and you die young. That's why these two things are really important for children, especially those who um, who are still living with their parents. Even until now, I still learn to obey and to respect my par- uh, my parents, and I believe that God's blessings I have received. Likewise, with whatever you do, if you if you obey and you respect your parents, then all that happiness and longevity will be yours. So let us all become people who are humble and generous, who have the attitude of giving. We give not to be, uh, not to receive. How many people has uh, are giving but with the wrong motivation? I want to give so then I can receive more. That is just such a wrong motivation. But if we give with wholeheartedly, we give because we have already been. Given first because we want to be blessings because we have been blessed first, amen. So if we have this sort of principle, then we are all gonna be such blessed people. We'll be blessed with the criteria of being generous. Proverbs 11 verse 25. The soul who gives freely shall be made fat, and he who waters shall also be watered himself. People who are generous will be made rich. Who will make them rich? God is, and he who please others, and they will also be pleased themselves. I want to ask you a question. Imagine and answer my question. You get married to someone whom you love, or you love. The person who you married to. I'm going to repeat it again. My question is a bit confusing, isn't it? You are you have been married to someone whom you love, or do you love the person who you married to? Just think about it. Take um think about it carefully. I want to repeat it again. Are you gonna marry someone who you whom you love, or do you love someone, uh, or do you love the person who you whom you married to? Both.
Who said they're both equally the same? Who says it's all different? No, it's different. So you're married to someone whom you love, which means that you will not get married if you don't love them. So the second thing is that you're loving the person who you married to. And what it means is that when you get married, you're not necessarily loving that person. See, you know the difference. So it's a di that's different. So when you get married, you're learning to love the person whom you married to, even though initially you don't love them. But because you are married, so you have to learn to love them. Now, if you think which one is more perfect to you, the first one to leave, um, to get married to someone whom you love, or the second one. <laughs> Who picked the first one? Who chose the first one? I want to tell you something. Well, you, the person who you love not necessarily love you, right? Am I right? The person who you get married to not necessarily loving you back. See, you um, you're getting married to someone who you whom you love, but not necessarily that person to love you. That's the consequence, isn't it? Who in here says the second one? <laughs> no one picked the second one. <laughs> So we can all see in here of the egoistic of people. They they just don't want to live with the person uh, um, that they love, even though that person doesn't necessarily loves you. See, no matter how whether you love them or not, uh, no matter what whether they love you or not, you still get married to them. See, unfortunately. Jesus is the person who loves the person who they're married to. We are Jesus' brides, right? So before we were saved by God, do we love God? No. God doesn't wait for us to love um to love us, but God has made us His bride first. So if we are God, um, God's bride, and we already have married to God and been married to God, then we have learned to love, isn't it? So today, I really wish that we can all learn everything that we have learned today to go into our hearts and our mind, not just to follow God just for the sake of following Him and to be made righteous, but let us all be the blessed ones so then we can continue to have the generous heart to give same as God to love the person whom he is married to God has made us his 
bride and his wife, whether we like it or not, or whether we're good or not. I want to conclude with one story. In Germany, in the North Germany, there is a Mormon temple. This temple in 1993 they being established by um, as one of the wonder of the world. Why is it? Because in this temple there is water that's flowing the source of water that comes from the rocks and it continues to flow never um, never endingly and this water continues to flow through locks um, you know wooden locks and everything like pipes so from one, the first um, tree to the second and continually until it runs through to this temple and when this um, water comes out the outlet a lot of people trying to drink from that water. This, interestingly, is that the place where people drink that water from, there is a writing. People who drink this water, the people who drink this water, um, who drinks me will not necessarily thank me, but I still gonna continue to um, flow until you can drink it. So it's a phrase as if the water is talking to the person. The People who drink me not necessarily gonna thank me, but I will continue to flow to give you drink. So the key of being a generous person is the person who doesn't care but continue to give. There are so many people who gives with um with um reasonings. If you're good I'll give it, but if you're not good then I won't give. And this is our generosity. But the generosity that God wants is for us to give whether they're good or not. If they do good to us, then you have to continue to love that person. If whether they're wicked to you or mean to you or very tricky to you, you still continue to give. And this is the generosity that God wants. And I really wish that even though maybe today we're generous, let us all be more generous. Let us all learn from what the word has said so then we can be more generous again. So the first key, the people who are blessed are the people who are righteous and being justified by God. And the second thing is the people who are humble and generous. And these are the two keys. Who in here wants to be the people who are blessed by God? Amen. Praise God. Because you have been made righteous, you have the right for that time of restoration from God today and not wait until tomorrow, amen? Because as the people who are blessed by God, let us all be more humble and generous. Let us all pray.